cooperative podcast i'm your host nave and i'm here with my co-op partner philip each pod we play through a cooperative experience then relay to you the listener if this game is the creme de la creme of co-op or something better off playing solo how you doing philip i'm doing pretty good no complaints sound a little tired man you okay i just woke up perfect perfect and now it's time to record a pod we'll, we'll figure it out so us being a uh, a gaming podcast what have you been playing? I saw you were playing something earlier before we started recording. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of Tales of Arise. Tales of Arise came out on my birthday. Well, it came out at like 10 p.m. on my birthday. It was supposed to come out the Friday after, but I've been playing the living shit out of that game. I'm a pretty big fan of the Tales games. Oh, dang. You know, I forgot. It was your birthday. I didn't get you anything. I'm sorry. That's fine. This podcast is enough, my friend. Right, how old are you now? Uh, 20, uh, 28. Dang, tell me about the war, Grandpa. I'm just looking at life through a whole new lens now with yep. this extra year. So tell me more about this weeb game you've been playing, Tales of Arise. Tales of Arise is looking pretty good. It's got a lot of positive reviews. I've probably only played about four hours, which means I'm basically still in the tutorial of the game because that's kind of how these JRPGs go. The production value seems to be like through the roof. I've I got a few hang-ups, but I'm, I'm sure they'll be ironed out like as the game goes on. I think... Mostly, it's just because I only have two of the party members, and so the only interaction you get is just concentrated through these two personalities that are supposed to grow in a character arc. Like right now, they are at their unrefined state, you know, and then yeah. at the by the end of the game, they're going to be people that you love. But I'm at that beginning part, so you know, the female protagonist is a little abrasive, and it aggravates me a little bit. We talked about it a little before the pod in our pregame. Just about every interaction you have with her, she goes, well, it's not because I want to be nice or anything. It's because I'm benefiting myself. I'm using you. And then the guy is like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. It doesn't matter because it still benefits me. And she's like, oh, okay, well, as long as we're are on the same page that I'm doing this for myself. Did I mention that I'm doing this for myself? Did I mention that? I'm being selfish? It's so fucking strange. Yeah, well, like that's a normal kind of character trope that you see in like an actual movie or a TV series. But usually you don't have to deal with that for four hours straight while you're grinding through JRPG levels, right? Yeah. I'm just kind of like trying to not turn a podcast on because every time they interact, it's like, because the main guy protagonist is just kind of like, I am good and I fight for justice. Oh no, he's a Goku. Yeah, it's it's those two together. And I'm just like, okay, I can't wait for more characters to show up and kind of intermingle with this. I hope this third character that I find is immensely flawed. He's got to be. You always got to have the rapscallion of the group. Which I think he might be, because... So, this game has a lot of parallels with Final Fantasy VII, like the intro, at least, because you've got your edgy sword boy who has amnesia, right? And doesn't Perfect. really know who he is. You have the character who's really huge and is not white. I Because, you know, Barrett's black. <laughs> I don't think this character's black. I think he's supposed to be kind of like Middle Eastern or something. I can't yeah. tell until i see more characters but he's like got instead of having a big gun arm he has a big fist arm so it's like Perfect. he's got big weapon hand and then you have the girl who has crazy colored hair who is the healer and is beautiful and is the love interest of the main character who has amnesia you know and also it's like instead of being a terrorist you're slaves uprising against the man but the man is using your actions to crack down harder on the civilians so instead of like 
the the collapse this game is super old come on guys spoiler alert for final fantasy 7 i guess but they blow up a thing and they make an explosion way worse and then everything collapses and then they blame it on the organization that you're a part of where on this game you're like just a slave uprising like that's it like that's not a spoiler that's like the first 10 minutes of the game is your character going why aren't we fighting back against our oppressors <laughs> and you're like i feel like since i'm playing a jrpg i'm probably gonna fight back against these oppressors at some point right <laughs> you know what i mean like it's not it's not a spoiler but and your the title is arise these tales games i don't because usually it's like what is it is it like tales of zesteria and vesperia and stuff like that so it's kind of weird to have just a word there you know what i mean tales of arise like you had tales of hearts that was on the vita but then other than that i can't think of any other ones it's like bursteria and stuff like they get crazy as tales of zillia anyway game's pretty fun though the combat's very fluid um it's not a turn-based jrpg so if you're into that kind of thing it's it's a you press a button and he doesn't attack you know what i mean so well staying in the jrpg room I've been playing more Final Fantasy 13, and it's still good. Okay, let me give you my impression, and then let me know if this develops over time, because you've actually completed the game. Yeah, yeah. So far, all of the characters are slowly showing their character development, because we talked about how, in our last episode, Lightning is the main girl, main sword girl, and she is a rude dude through this whole first, like, four chapters. She is really mean to the rest of the group, basically... She's like, be a man, stay with the group. You guys are too weak and you're slowing me down. And then she gets to a point where there's Hope, who's this little boy healer who's like struggling to keep up. And she does a summon like out of her heart or something like a giant robot monster horse comes out of her heart. And the whole premise is like, it's like a challenge combat where it's like, instead of just reducing their HP to zero, you have to do special things during the JRPG style combat to unlock this creature as your summon. The whole fight is designed around protecting Hope, the little weak sauce boy, even though the cutscene previous to this literally said, I'm not going to be there to protect you. you know? And then you yeah. spend this whole next, and I even failed it like three times trying to get it done. And I'm like, dang, I, I just can't figure out what they want me to do. Turns out you're just supposed to just protect Hope. That's all you do. The characters in 13, I think I said this on the last episode when we talked about it, but by the end of the game, there was only one character that I even gave a shit about. Was it Snow? It was not Snow. It was uh, Zaz. Yeah, like he's also, he's like my, he's my pocket favorite because he's literally just like, I'm not even supposed to be here today. And he's just trying to keep up. Yeah, even but his character arc is so good too. They didn't have to like put so much extra effort into his storyline, like his side story as they did, but Okay. It, it's a touching one too. You had me because they just recapped his like intro where he met Lightning. The whole premise is Lightning is going to a city that is being purged or evacuated. The townspeople are either being killed or sent to concentration camps to probably be killed. This is like and, the very beginning of the game, too, again. So, like, yes. like in, for if you haven't played this game. And he is one of the people being forced into these trains. He sees Lightning, who has the anime protagonist look of having yeah. different hair color and a giant sword and all around just being different. Tales of Arise suffers from this as well. <laughs> he walks over and he's like, hey, I noticed you're not like all these peasants. Uh, what's going on? And she's like... Maybe you should get on a different train. <laughs> and next thing you know, the train, of course, explodes and crashes and he's just trying to survive. And he's like, I'm staying with you. And she then protects him through the whole city escape. 
have you met all of the characters in the game yet? I don't, I'm sh- I don't know how you wouldn't possibly know that, but uh, so far, just name the crew. We have Hope, who's little sad boy. His mom died. Not really a spoiler, just happens. Uh, we have Vanilla, the girl who has a strange accent oh. and doesn't realize that everyone is dying around her. Yeah, and just kind of rolls with it. I forgot all about her. Yeah, she's kind of cool too by the end you have edgelord lightning who is basically accepted that her sister is dead when she turned to crystal and now she is just basically going on a killing rampage uh you have snow who is the fiance of the girl that turned into crystal who has not given up hope who is also going on killing rampage which unfortunately they mention hope a lot and there's a character named hope who is like always in the middle of everything too so it's like what an unfortunate name very so Makes me wonder what his original Japanese name is. Yeah. Or if they named him in English. Oh, maybe they did. And then you have Zaz, old Zazzy, who is the only black dude, by the way, that I've seemed to notice has any relevance at this point, uh, who has a chicken living in his afro and is just having a good time. Kind of going day to day, just hanging in there. It feels almost like Zaz is like the normal one. Yeah, he is. He's the everyday guy. But it's also like the lens from which the audience is supposed to understand what's going on. You know what I mean? Uh, One point I really enjoy uh, as far as like character development story goes, there's a big thing where Snow came to town whenever the city was being purged and says, hey, who wants to be a rebel fighter? Uh, You guys are all going to die otherwise. And Hope's mom is like, moms are strong too. And then grabs a gun. And then she like looks back. He's like, don't worry, Hope. I'll be right back. And then it turns out Snow is the only survivor in that little like attack run he goes on. And Hope is then for an on like angry at Snow. And he's like, I got to tell him that he got my mom killed. But every time he walks up to him, something always happens where he can't tell him what happened. And it's so funny because like at one point when they're leaving Snow behind, he goes up and he's just standing in front of Snow. And he's like, by the way, Snow is this eight foot giant man. And Hope is like this little boy. He's got like a fucking ripped chest and an eight pack. And his, he's wearing a jacket, but with no shirt underneath. And <laughs> yeah. just like, just a beautiful man. He's this monster of a man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like staring at him. And he's like, Hope, we don't have time to talk right now. You need to keep up with lightning. Get out of here. And then Hope is just like standing there, like almost crying. He's like, like kicking rocks. Like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I was finally going to give retribution. Every time I see that stuff like that, I think of the, what is it, Billy Madison uh, with Adam Sandler. And he's just like, today, Junior. Like, you just got to get it out. Come on. And there's been like, I'm only, I think, like six hours into the game. And there's been four separate cutscenes where Hope is too scared to tell Snow that he got his mom killed. Yeah, that's the thing. Because it's like, they're doing that to develop his character as him being meek and timid and stuff. But it's like, you... Do you have to do it 17 times in a row? Do you have to? Could you do it like three times? Just establish a pattern early on and then just don't do it anymore because I'm tired of seeing it. Which character development, uh, I'll just go right into my other game real quick. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. I made you download it last night so I could get my sweet revenge on you from whooping my butt last time we played. And guess what happened? (laughs) I don't want to flex. You go ahead and talk about it. All right, if I had to generous on my end, I would say I won 25% of our matches. Would you say that's about right? Maybe. So we ended up playing for like maybe two hours or an hour and a half maybe, right, I think. Well, afterwards, I had a bunch of friends come over and I was talking about it. Well, they were like, I challenge you to fighters. And I was like, I've kind of been playing all day. So I don't know (laughs) if that's, they're like, no, do it. So then I had like an additional like two and a half more hours of playing fighters again so now i have no idea how 
how many matches we played. Uh, yeah, well, I came in really strong at first. Whenever like you were like, I don't remember how to play. And you were like trying to do like, I think you did like one practice round against like a computer player. And then yeah. I got in there and I like whooped you and I'm like, Psh, Nave doesn't know how to play. This is going to be easy mode. And then you're like, hold on. And then you switched your team. And then you went back in and just slapped the crap out of me. And I'm like, oh no, it's happening again. <laughs> Which the funniest thing was, so whenever they came over, they're like, "Oh, you don't, you little bitch boy, you don't have any DLC characters." So I bought a, I bought five more characters. Which and, pack did you um, buy? I didn't buy a pack. I just bought because every pack had one, one or two characters I wanted, and like three or four that I didn't. And I was, yeah, they that's were, how it is. It's like the most recent one is like fifteen bucks, and then the next one's like twenty nine bucks, and then the next one's like thirty six bucks. And I'm like, why are they getting more expensive the older they get? Whatever. I'm just gonna buy. They're five dollars each. I'm just gonna buy five of them. That's make my own pack right yeah but um i don't remember exactly who i bought i bought all the ones that like stood out to me like i bought cooler i was like cooler's cool i bought android 17 did you get baby i did not get baby i didn't get any gdt characters oh no that's a lie i bought bait kid goku but in my head i'm pretending he's just kid goku from dragon ball okay dragon ball goku gotcha yeah which he's so small he's so much smaller than all he's the smallest one for sure but i bought master roshi who's the last one i bought uh, Broly. Well, he's he's the biggest character. Yeah, I bought Broly because there's two Broly's. There's if anyone knows anything about Dragon Ball Fighter games, there are multiple versions of the same character. Like there's seven Gokus and there's like four Vegetas, and then there's like three versions of Goku and Vegeta fused together, and then all their kids look exactly like Goku and Vegeta. It's awful. <laughs> it's fucking awful. It's one guy with different colored <laughs> hairs. Anyway, we played with my friends, right? And I shit you not. I probably played, I probably, we probably played for about two and a half hours. I only lost one time. I was just fucking smashing them. Like, we were playing for best out of five matches. And by the end of the night, I was just hitting random character. Like, I didn't care what character I was. Which is funny, because when you hit random character, you're almost guaranteed to get two Saiyans on your team. Like, that's just how many there are. It was uh, Don Trey and my friend Matt. They both came over. And then later on, Christian from the uh, Destiny 2 and the Outriders episode, he came over as well. It was brutal. Like, they weren't even killing one of my characters. Like, I would kill one and a half of their characters and not even get hit yet. Like, it was, I don't even understand. And they're like, how are you doing that? And I'm like, dude, I'm just pressing the X button. Just press the X button it's a lot. It's the fastest attack. Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't, like, I guess I just am good at that game specifically because i'm not good at fighting games at all like if we play the naruto games dontre will beat me probably 60 percent of the time like i'll i'll give him a run for his money most uh, almost every fight but in that dragon ball fighters game it was hopeless for them i don't i don't even understand the only mm-hmm. other game that's like that is uh, mortal kombat and but in mortal kombat i can only play like specific characters like because in uh, in mortal kombat all their special moves are like you have to remember what they are, right? But in Dragon Ball Fighters, it's always half circle and a button forward or half circle away. They every single person's abilities are exactly the same button combinations. So you only need to remember what their abilities do, which was unfortunate because there's a lot of moments when you would use half circle right bumper and then he would shoot like a Kamehameha diagonally up, and you're just like, oh yeah. man, and I'd be like, oh I forgot, yeah, like because it was always like, oh I should have done the back one because that's like. The uh, final flare, which covers the whole screen directly in front of me. Like one time I was playing Beerus and his fucking half circle the right bumper is like, he goes, ha ha ha, and he grabs like an inch in front of him. And I'm just like, oh man, 
And I just did that like five, five or six times every single time I played him. I'd be like, oh, I keep wasting my bar on that. So I just have to beat them with my hands instead of <laughs> using my ability. Just basic attacks. Yeah. Which, did you ever get the Dragon Balls to activate? Nope. Yeah, I don't know what that mechanic is. Whenever you're playing in that game and you're fighting, there are seven Dragon Balls at the bottom, which randomly fill up. I don't know what procs them to fill up. I feel like it's just the fight being close. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I think it's like when you counter or something like that. Like when you actually like turn the tide. Supposedly when all seven are there, something happens if you, I guess if you just do the rush combo, XXXXX, or square, 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 square on whatever. But um, we never got it to work. We did it twice when me and Philip were playing online, couldn't get it to work. It probably happened five or six times. When, and every single time, I'd be like, stop, 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 stop. Okay, hit me with a rush combo. Okay, I'm going to hit you with one. Okay, I don't know. And then we just start fighting again. And then the bar disappeared and we're like, I guess we missed our chance. Yeah. Anyway, maybe you have to do it in single player. I don't fucking know. All right. Uh, what's this other game you got here? It's the Artful Escape. You put an F in front of art. That is a uh, grade A humor. Thank you. <laughs> the Fartful Escape. Uh, Artful Escape also came out on my birthday. So I felt obligated to play it. And it's very pretty. I haven't played too much of it. But uh, it's a side-scrolling platformer, I assume. And um, there's a little bit of rhythm game in it, kind of like a Simon Says, you're playing guitar and stuff. And it's about a kid whose grandfather or his uncle, great uncle or something like that, he was a very famous uh, folk singer, sounds a lot like Bob Dylan. I think he's supposed to be like Bob Dylan. So your character knows all of his songs and you're going to put on a concert for like the 20th anniversary or whatever of his album. And you don't really like... I guess the I don't know if the character just doesn't like folk music or whatever, but he's basically playing like 2112 Rush, like Space Odyssey fucking out there prog rock, you know what I mean? Yeah. The whole game is like you're being transported to become somebody else. Like that's his like imagination running wild. I don't know if it's all in a dream or whatever, but this is the first like 10 20 minutes of the game. It's very beautiful. It's there if you like taking screenshots of games, this game's got a lot of moments where you're going to be taking some screenshots. Like every single time I'm like, I'm taking a screenshot. I've seen like 25 screenshots on Twitter of the same exact place. You know what I mean? People yeah. are going, I need it. like the same fucking instinct as me. Well, about this game. Have you noticed how there's like a rise in these type of games though? Calling back to Tales of Arise. Games that are the semi walking simulator, kind of narrative based. Like I almost feel like there's these, oh, I forgot what you called it, but these like millennial age games. You know what I'm saying? Like there's like Maybe. a night in the woods. There's um, what yeah. was a time travel like, one like artsy, um, a strange tales or tales strange strange life. Life is strange. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Like well, there's... that's that's more of an adventure game. That one, but I you you're talking about like the the aesthetic of the yeah, game, the tone. Yeah. yeah, the tone. Yeah, I understand. It's probably because that that's the generation of people who are growing up and making games right now, and in this indie space. It's, it's never been more accessible to people to make video games. So I'm not exactly, like, huge on it. Like, life, a new Life is Strange game just came out. And um, there's a couple of people I interact with on Twitter that are like, this is probably going in my top 10 favorite games I've ever played in my really? life. And I'm just like, wow, I, it'd be really hard. I mean, it'd be, it'd be strange if uh, I played that and felt the same way. But, I mean, I understand everyone has their own different tastes and stuff. I just know when a game isn't for me. I'm not saying I won't play life is strange i think all the rest of them are on game pass so it's like if this game drops on game pass maybe i'll play it but when i played the first life is strange which i i've been told a hundred times is kind of all the other games are different but it's the protagonist that drives me up the wall like i can't i can't listen to that character for any more than about 
40 minutes at a time before I have to stop playing. You don't like the angsty teenage girl or whatever she is? Yeah, it's it's not my thing. They're like, I'm to- we're totes going to do that, girl. Hella. And I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot do this. Like, when I, I beat the game, I think I got all the achievements, but I had fucking... I, what is the manliest thing? I have, like, Joe Rogan playing in the background talking about eating elk meat or something. Like, I, I had to do something. Like, I had to distract myself. Like... Like it's not that it's not bad, you know what I mean. The games aren't bad. I'm a I'm a sucker for Telltale games. I love the style of games. It's just that the characters have to like grip me, and I just couldn't be gripped by those characters, unfortunately. I I've been I've been seeing this game, and I I'll keep track of it. That's for sure. If it ever goes on sale, or if it pops up on Game Pass or something like that, I'll definitely I'll give it a shot. But there's one before it as well. Like this is like the third or maybe the fourth Life is Strange game, I think. So there's a lot of different avenues of which I could navigate this, but I don't know. As as it pertains to the Artful Escape, again, the humor is very much millennial humor. Or or like even like almost the humor underneath the millennials. I don't know what they're called, Gen Z or whatever. I don't remember. But it's a lot of like Starbucks, you know, kind of humor, if that makes sense to you, like hipster Starbucks kind of feel. And that's fine. It's not egregious, but it's to the point where I'm like, okay, I don't know if I'm I'm going to be able to connect with this main character at all. So there's a character that's it's the game takes a lot of inspiration from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And I don't remember what the guy's name is or, or like the actor or anything i know he's a rapper but the guy that's like don't forget your towel the, the guy who's like hitchhiking you know yeah, what i mean he's like the an hitchhiker yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a character very similar to that in this game and that's the guy i'm just like okay i want to see more of this guy this guy is my favorite i'm just following him like a puppy which he just comes in and out but uh maddie was sitting there watching me play and of course because she's interested in anything with like crazy psychedelic looking visuals and stuff like that as well and it was to the point where she had to go to work and she was like, stop playing this game. Don't play it unless I'm here because I want to watch you play this. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Because she likes the visuals and the humor. So at least there's that. You know what I mean? She's enjoying herself. Nice. All right. Let's move into our kind of like news update. First news that I'm very happy to announce. Jana got tired of me constantly complaining about my controller drift. She went out and just bought me a brand new controller. One of the new Xbox series ones. It's very nice. And now life is much better. The new controllers uh, for the Series S and X, they have a little share button, which is nice. And it's not like the PlayStation 5. Sony did something different where their DualSense is like a completely different, I guess, architecture or whatever. It's completely incompatible with the PS4. But the Xbox is trying to push forward with their forwards and backwards compatibility. So you can use an Xbox Series S or X controller on the Xbox One and vice versa you can use xbox one controllers forward as well kind of like how the playstation one and playstation two functioned you know what i mean and it's so convenient and so it's so awesome because people were having a lot of trouble finding dualsense controllers for a little while i don't know if they're still having problems because i i could hardly care less i don't have a playstation 5 right now but you can use xbox one controllers on the xbox series so it's not like people get stranded with just one controller on their new console it's like i have six fucking xbox controllers lying around now that i can use on either console all i have to do is hold down the sync button for a few seconds you know what i mean yeah very convenient but what got me is like i have you know four other xbox controllers but they're the older style which has the microsoft proprietary xbox headset plug in the bottom instead of just a headset like aux jack yeah big mistake yeah i don't know what they were thinking with that even the switch 
has an actual like headphones aux jack in it. Oh well, uh, the new controller is good though. Don't you have to like do some kind of weird shit with a phone app to talk online on the Switch though? Yeah, you do. It does not have audio in. Yeah, so I was like, I don't think that that would work for a headset. Though. No, it would not. Nintendo's easy. Nintendo. Let's not give Nintendo too much credit. All right, they they still fucked it all up. But speaking of Nintendo, I was recently a featured guest on the ASAP Weekly Pokemon podcast. We've had like six successful segues, and we're just at the beginning of this episode. We're doing really good. Yeah. So if you remember Robert from our Age of Empires episode. We talked about Pokemon for quite a bit in a RTS chat, you know, talking about a JRPG game, let alone Pokemon yep. game. A little surprising. Uh, we also went on his third podcast, the Rocket League podcast. We were guests on that, so we can put a link to that episode if yeah. you would like. Uh, yeah, in the Pokepod, we talked about Pokemon mobile games. Nave, are you a Pokemon mobile game fan? Uh, my instinct is to say no, but the last two Pokemon games I ever played were mobile games, so maybe I am. I don't know. What games were they? Oh, we talked about this before. Yep. <laughs> You're a Magikarp uh, Jump fan, right? Yeah, Magikarp Jump. Uh, best Pokemon game to ever exist besides Pokemon Yellow. And uh, the other one, Pokemon Go, the one that everybody played. Yeah, but we're talking about the sleepers here, the, po- the Magikarp Jumps. A game where you train your Magikarp to jump. Oh, yeah. They jump very high. All It's just like you just click a... I don't even remember the, the loop. It's deceptively simple. But as I've said probably about 18 times on the podcast, we're on episode 20, I am an absolute sucker for just watching numbers get exponentially higher. So if I can get something that just lets me feel like I'm getting better at something, even though I'm barely doing anything, you probably can addict me for a few months on that. Which that perfectly describes Magikarp Jump. So what is this other thing you put into the notes? What? Oh, the PlayStation Showcase. What's that? They, the PlayStation Showcase, okay, so I'm not going to bring up my birthday anymore, but it was also on my birthday, so I got to watch that. Oh, was it was your fun. birthday? Yeah, I, my, I'm i 28. Oh, congratulations. Tell me about the war, Grandpa. Um, So the PlayStation Showcase was fine. I, I assume you didn't watch it. Nope. It, it was fine. There's a whole lot of CG and stuff. A couple of things got announced. So Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. The, okay, I saw that new, one. The new KOTOR. The remake is getting made. Absolutely nothing but just like essentially a still image. It's nice for people who are excited for something like that. But of course, I remain skeptically optimistic, I guess, for the game. It's not probably not coming out for a long time. I think it's a PlayStation timed exclusive. So I'm pretty I don't know if it's a timed exclusive that go that's also going to release on Xbox or a timed exclusive for PC. But Uh, I think they already announced PC, which another thing you didn't really talk about what's in it. Like, there's a guy with a mask. Who's behind the mask? That's what I really want to know. Are you being... I don't know. Do you know? I thought you played KOTOR. It was well, a joke, because... I played the second one. I, I don't think I played the first one. Are you not, not the same sure. person? Huh? I thought you were the same person. It's in, been in both years. Games. Are you? I don't remember. Well, this is a remake. This is the remake of remake of the first game, I think. Okay. You know what I mean? I don't... Because I... Every single time, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I played both. And every single memory I ever, like, talk to anyone about, they're like, oh, that's in the second one. And I'm just like, oh, maybe I just only played the second one. Okay, now you got me worried. I think I might have only played the second one as well. That yeah. was the one with Revan in it, right? I don't remember anymore. There was Revan, Malik, and Blind Lady. Yeah, I think right? that's the second one. The first one had a masked guy, too, though. I don't remember. I See, 
I don't know anyone's. I know there is an assassin droid because that was my favorite. Yeah, boy. HK forty seven. I, like, I was like, hey, what do you think about this? And he's like, I don't know. I think we should just kill everyone. I'm like, oh, you think so? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should. Well, your submit walk. What about the T three thirty four or TK thirty four? Like the little astromech droid you could also have in your party. You enjoy it, talking to him. Doesn't he not say anything? Yeah, he, he says beep, like, beep boop boop boop. Yeah, every time. yeah riveting, riveting yeah. writing. I'm glad but, I um, kept him in my party. Anyway, before uh, I display more in- ignorance and make people mad, you know what's funny is I I've been talking to people. They're <laughs> they ask about like what really we talk about, and I'm like we talk about like cooperative games. They're like, oh yeah, what kind of games do you talk about? I almost want to tell them like the first episode you should listen to probably shouldn't be on something that you love. <laughs> it should, <laughs> you should. We might just piss you off a little bit. You might just want to just pick something random you don't really know about because we we almost embrace our ignorance on the show. <laughs> like we just go if deeper and deeper into it until we spiral. Hey man, you, you can't expect us to know everything. We're not yeah. historians. We established that when we talked about Quake. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Also, the PlayStation Showcase, what else got revealed? Uh, there was a Wolverine game. Yay. Um, Again? Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2 got re- re-shown, and then God of War got re-shown. Everyone is like, wow, these reveals are amazing. And I'm like, we've known about Ragnarok, right? Like, am I crazy? Have we not known about Ragnarok for like a year? Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. Is it still a reveal? It, every trailer is just a reveal. There was a few more things. I guess they're not that important, but anyway. I'm getting so fed up with seeing all of this superhero stuff. I don't know how you feel. How do you feel about superheroes? Superhero stuff? It depends on how they spin it. That's what it all comes down to. Yeah. Like one, I feel like it almost goes into Pokemon. Like I love to see my little boys. You know, I, I love my little critters. I love my superheroes. But they need to be context-specific. Like me and Janna... Just started watching Doom Patrol. Have you have you seen it? No. Okay. It's like all these DC characters that are just super unknown. Like there's like Robot Man, I think Elastigirl, Mister Nobody. Uh, what was I wonder it? Wonder what his power is. Mister Nobody. He is everywhere. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's actually the villain. But anyways, the show <laughs> is so good. Like I am loving it. These B graders, not even B graders. These are like C-grade heroes that they're breaking out. Those are the games I want to see. Like, I don't need another 2003 Iron Man movie tie-in game. Just give me the low-grade stuff. Where's Animal Man? Where's Swamp Thing? You know what I'm saying? I just have such a hang-up. I don't know how much it has to do with, like, the content itself. It's kind of a combination of disdain towards the fan base and oversaturation, I guess. Like, oh, I see. You're just a contrary jerk. It, well, yeah, boiled down to that, yeah. But um, it's like, you know how when you go to your high school football games, they have the same, like, five or six songs that they play over the intercom constantly, and so you, you just, like, we in our high school, they would constantly play Back in Black by ACDC and... Seven Nation other, Army? Yeah, they would just play the same songs over and over again until you were just sick of those fucking songs. Like, kind of like how popular radio stations are they they only have seven songs that they're allowed to play and then nothing else so that's all you ever hear it's it's a little bit of that like a little bit of column a and then column b with how rabid these fucking fans are like online i just and it's not like they're especially like vitriolic or anything like that it's not like the juggalos and the furries and the (laughs) bronies you know what i mean they're not like that it's it's just it's it's a lot more mainstream but it's like 
I don't know. It's especially indicative with the announcement of the Wolverine game, where the console war just flamed right back up. It's like everyone on the PlayStation side is like, ha ha, look at our Marvel stuff. We got Marvel stuff. We're so cool. And then the other side is just like, why? Why, Microsoft? Why don't we have Marvel stuff? And I'm just like, <laughs> I would rather pay $60 for an empty plastic case than play a fucking Marvel game. Like, I'm so sick of seeing it. Like, I, it's everywhere. There's like 11 movies a year. Are you guys not satisfied with that? There's a bit, there's like 17 games that are cross-platform every year. Is that not enough? Like, all these DC and Marvel movies? Like, I don't care about... Like, I, I was genuinely curious because I was talking to someone about this on Twitter. Which, of course, they were like, maybe you're just a contrarian. I'm like, I don't know, maybe. But I, I went through and I looked through my games list. And it was probably... 145 games down that was the last like marvel or dc game that i played and i had zero achievements in it. i played it for like a fucking moment you know what i mean and then just didn't continue playing and there is another comic book in there called black sad and i have no idea what that is but i bought it just because i'm like oh it's an adventure game and i started playing it and i was like i don't know how i feel about anthropomorphic animals is is that a dog one and no you're a cat you're a very tall masculine cat (laughs) And then there were very feminine cats. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Well, you know, speaking of like kind of strange fan bases, I found a new fan base that I have fallen in love with. Are you familiar with Super Smash Bros. Melee? Um, yeah. Okay. Not the, not the fan base, but yeah, I'm familiar with the game. So there's the people that just kind of enjoy fighting games, you know? And then there's the people that enjoy old, janky, Nintendo mascot fighting games which is probably a subset of that category, right? Yeah. Like the people who like the Nickelodeon All-Stars fight. Yeah, they're playing games. Shrek Battle Brawlers 2, you know, yeah. on GameCube. I'm a huge fan of those guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're so funny because there's so many videos of these tournaments because people still play that game competitively for actual, like, prize money. And there's people in there with just with, like, the GameCube controllers. And there's just a collection of, like, these are not, like, you look at League of Legends and they're competitive like pro leagues and it's like super fancy and they're playing for millions of dollars. And then you look at the smash community, which looks like they're playing in like generic office buildings and (laughs) like the tournaments, like look semi-local and it's just like these like normal probably dudes in their like twenties going in to play a maybe 15 year old game at this point, maybe older. Not sure. But there's so many points where they just lose it and they just stand up and they're spiking controllers (laughs) Like, Dude, I love watching the yeah, it's so good salty competitive gamer reactions to losing and stuff like that. It's great because usually they just sit back down. And like, mm. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is like usually it's like that's their console to playing on. It's not like they like everybody brings their own stuff because there's no like there is an official league, but they're not supplying Wii's and controllers and stuff. Everybody has to bring their own stuff, kind of join yeah. the community to make it work. And so when you're like probably playing games with the same dude in your neighborhood. Or like you're like city, like you guys come probably play games like once a month together. And then you're at a tournament and this guy stands up, smashes his controller in half and like <laughs> just like turns off the system. And then he shakes the guy's hand and walks away. Like, did you not just like have a total meltdown? And it's like being streamed live too at the same time. And the announcers are like, that's not very sportsmanlike. I, it's like, I don't, I don't know. It's like, uh, because I also get fucking frustrated, but it's like. <laughs> It's so much, it's like the schadenfreude, is that what it's called? Of watching it happen to someone else. You're just like, yeah, nice. The joy awesome. of seeing suffering. Anyway. 
Yeah. All right. Well, we need to keep this moving. So let's take a quick break and then we'll hit our game. Yes. I just looked at the time. <laughs> Uh-oh. And we're back. So, Nave, do you like gang violence? That is a very sensitive subject, actually. Yeah. And then, <laughs> what about killing police officers? <laughs> uh, n- no. Well, don't worry. Do I have the game for you? When did this game come out? Uh, fifth, tw- at least 2015. It's early 2013. Okay. So like nine years ago. Very topical. Saints Row 4 is a, is a the final capstone of a, a game quartet. Uh, what's it when what you have it? four games? Trilogy plus one. Yeah, Trilogy plus one. The final one. The big finale. Where in the first game, Saints Row 1, you're just a street tough who gets jumped into a gang run out of a local Third Street church. The And you're the... Uh, is Third Street right? Third Street Saints? That's a good question. I don't know. But anyways, you join this gang and you claw your way to your top where you eventually take over this city that looks, I don't even know how to describe the location of the city, almost like New York-ish kind of. It looks like Liberty City. Yeah, Liberty City, whatever. Central One was pretty much the Grand Theft Auto knockoff when there wasn't a Grand Theft Auto on that system yet. Yeah, Central One was the cheap Aldi uh, generic brand of Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, definitely. But it was fun, and we played the crap out of it because it was what we had, right? Mm, I don't know. I, I played I played it a lot, but it's mostly because I didn't have too much else to play at that point. I was a very poor child. Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. It was like we had this yeah. and Dead Rising. Which, and Dead Rising uh, is hard. For our listeners at home, we need to kind of cover the history of this game to appreciate the final one because this game does just build off of the pre pre-games. Yeah, these games, point. it's it's like an anime. It's like Dragon Ball Z, which is a perfect explanation where it's like this character is going to blow up the, this planet. And they're like, okay, well, this planet character is going to blow up the solar system. Oh, no, that's not good. Well, this character is so strong, it can blow up the galaxy. Oh, that's not good. Well, this character is so strong in this next season that he's going to blow up the universe. Oh, no. And then how are they going to top that? Oh, this character is a god that can blow up all the universes. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. no. You know what I mean? That's what these Saints Row games are doing. Yeah. They do exactly that. They're just escalating. Yeah. So just to, for a spoiler warning, if you need spoilers for a game series that is over nine years old at this point. Nine. Uh, this, game, nine? this game came out at the beginning of the 360 era. Saints Row. Oh, World. no. I was talking about for the whole series. Yeah. Like 2013. For Saints Row 4? What are you saying? Or since Saints Row 4? Hey, man, or we're the about whole to spoiler. Series? We're going to spoil the whole series. That's here. what I'm saying. <laughs> this this first game of the series came out in like... When when did the 360 come out? Hold on. My sense of time is fucked up now. Saints Row 1 release. 2006. Yeah, 2006 was the first one. And the first game is very reality grounded. You're uh, in a street gang. Eventually you just take over the city dealing drugs and shooting police officers like you do. And it is definitely a game. We talked about before how this game is probably unplayable today because of how unfriendly it is. It didn't age well. Yes. As far as like third person shooting goes. I agree 100%. But they really cleaned it up into Centro 2 where they added co-op. And that's where we had quite a bit of fun. Yeah, well the games, like as far as the escalations go, just a brief overview of the games. Saints Row 1, you're just a street punk and you become the leader of the Saints. Saints Row 2, 
the saints basically rule the city and you become like the mayor essentially saints row 3 you basically rule the country and you become the president and then saints row 4 you are the president and aliens invade and you become at the end spoiler alert the conqueror of the galaxy (laughs) because you obviously beat these aliens and take over all of their shit but they have definitely evolved in the taste of the game as they've kind of leveled up in power uh which i just want to do a quick little little note here mama if you're listening stop listening turn off the podcast because this game is a little raunchy we're going to gaming together after dark yes xxx which would you like to highlight what you put in the notes as brief description of game yeah we both usually try and put whatever our words are for each little cliff note we have my brief description of the game was dildo baseball bat which is one of the signature weapons of the saint Row franchise yeah and that's the kind of humor you can expect from this witty satire on uh popular media if you can think back to uh the early 2000s where uh some of the most popular comedy movies were like scary movie or like not another horror movie or something like that. Not another teen movie. Those kinds of movies that are just parodying the popular movies of its time. You can kind of think about Deadpool now too, but it's not, this is way before Deadpool. This is more, this is parody like Deadpool, but more in the vein of scary movie where it is just, Hey, you remember the matrix? Well, here's a really stupid version of that. Hey, you remember mass effect? Here's a really stupid version of that. And we can get into that later because they're the, the influence it's not influences it is legitimate parody the parody runs very deep and they're the the social references if you were gaming around this time you're going to see them blatantly and whether or not you find it funny that's up to you and it's like it's about it's basically how open you are to just letting stupidity happen in front of you rather than you know trying to take something seriously because this game is anything but serious 100 uh i definitely came into some serious topics in the beginning but that was just to kind of show how ridiculous this game is. I think one of my favorite mini games, just from either two or three, was the Septic Avenger, <laughs> where you join a protest group who has a septic truck, and you literally go to city hall or you go to pro- like other protesters, and you're just spraying crap from the septic truck onto the all the people. Just liquid and then, sewage. Yeah, and then like the cops are chasing you and you're just spraying poop on their cop cars <laughs> to get them to like crash and go the other way. That's the kind of game this is. It's like the killdozer, but with hazardous waste. <laughs> Septic Avenger. Which my, if we want to talk about those, my our favorite side missions, my yeah, favorite side right. mission is, which is a classic from the very first one, I think, and just kept getting more and more absurd as the series went on. Um, insurance fraud. Perfect. I was hoping you were going to say that one. Insurance fraud is a, uh, it's what it sounds like. All you have to do is hurt yourself. And the harder you hurt yourself, the more money you get from your insurance fraud scheme. Well, in in this game mode, they give you a dedicated button combination that lets you just ragdoll, like just fall down. Like, (laughs) like, you know how in Grand Theft Auto, if you slam into something in a car hard enough, you fly out of the windshield and just start flipping around on the, especially four, not really five, but in four, especially, you will fly out of the windshield, just flop around on the ground. Like the, the, the ragdoll physics is very indicative of the Xbox 360 generation. I'll tell you that. And insurance fraud you just press r2 and l2 or left trigger and right trigger and you would just go limp 
And so you just walk off of a sidewalk and just go limp in front of a car and the car slams into you and you roll along the ground. And I think in most instances of this game type, you can like control your body as you're as you're flying or falling or rolling or whatever. You could just roll into oncoming traffic and get hit by more cars and it makes like a combo go up. Like it's obviously not indicative of a real insurance fraud. No, not at all. <laughs> but it is such a hilarious exaggeration of what that is that it's so hard to not just play that game for fun like i would play a game of saints row insurance fraud for just charge me ten dollars and i'll play that just that let me smash into cars as they come by it's like burnout it was just like burnout and it was like you get multipliers the more cars you hit and so the move would be like a car is coming at you and you would run straight towards their hood you'd fall and ragdoll, <laughs> hit their hood, slide off of it, and land on the hood of the car behind hit. And then the next car, and the next car, and you try to just keep going. You will cartwheel through the air. Yeah. And in this game, because this game is very absurd, it's based, I just went on a spiel about superhero anything when we're reviewing a superhero game. I didn't even think about that. This is essentially a superhero game, the fourth game, spoiler alert. But this game, you will fly like a mile in the air if you run and smash into a car hard enough, and you will just flip cartwheel through the air for about three city blocks and then slam on the ground at like 50 miles an hour and ricochet off of a dump truck and then hit a sign that's on a highway and then fall straight down <laughs> it's like it, it's so fun like it's so good all right so that's a good kind of introduction to what saints row is now uh we could talk about volition a little bit they're famous for saints row and red faction both game series i enjoy yeah, Red Faction is a is a deep cut. Is it? Red Fa- yeah, Red Faction was on the PS2. I think there was two or three of them, if I remember. I know for sure there's at least two on the PS2, and they were first-person shooters before they got rebooted into what is essentially a, a Saints Row clone, almost. <laughs> it's like yeah. Saints Row on Mars a little bit. That's what it looks like, too. But the funny thing is, is that it's very serious, and but it's so stupid also. Like, the ragdoll physics are on display here in that game as well, but you also have destruction of like buildings but all of the buildings are just lincoln log houses which makes sense i guess because you're colonizing mars i mean you're not going to have like cathedrals on mars at that point but you take a sledgehammer and just knock out a wall and then the building falls down on you and you're just like oh just ragdolling around and getting stuck in the geometry and stuff it's great which to highlight uh saintro is a game where you are an individual organization taking over large territories and Red Faction is a game where you are an individual organization also taking over large territories. Yeah. So these games are very much but, almost uh, reskins. <laughs> Saints Row is more about um, seizing power, and Red Faction is more about liberation, which I guess is also seizing power. But it's more about like liberating yourself from the co- corporations. If I remember correctly, I might be getting confused. Yeah, but, it's a corporation. Yeah, so you're it's Ultor, right? They they are linked in the. Yeah. They're, they're linked, so I'm pretty sure it's the same corporation that in the rebooted Red Faction as it is in the later Saints Row games that ends up fucking everything up. Also, the, the same developers that made that made a newer game called Agents of Mayhem. That's the most recent game. Have you played that? No, I've never even heard of it. Well, it is a uh, class-based uh, co-op game, so I mean, I guess we could play it. I played it for about five or six hours and was uh, terribly bored by it maybe in co-op because i played it by myself so maybe in co-op it would be a little bit more entertaining at least we would be able to entertain ourselves but it's kind of like a uh, very cheap generic borderlands kind of think about border what it does to borderlands is what the first game did to grand theft auto 
You know what I mean? That's what it feels like. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. So that kind of covers the little breakdown of the developers in the game. Let's move right into some of the bigger game mechanics. So you talked about how you have superpowers, and that is a full-on, like, first 20 minutes of the game. You are a superpowered monster. Oh, yeah. You you slowly get stronger throughout the game, but which I would say is very unfortunate in this game. But, like, as far as the story missions are concerned, I feel like maybe 40, 45% of all the story missions are simply just tutorials for your powers. They really are. When we played the game, we kind of cut through just the story. We didn't play a whole lot. Of, there Because there were, like, different kinds of missions we could have did. But we we did enough like because you don't have to do everything in this game you basically are seeing everything you really if you want to play the other missions it's just to get more like flavor from all of the different characters that because there are a lot of loony fucking dudes that are around you that you can get to know better with their own side quests which i was alternating the missions like i would select a main mission and then i would do a side mission next and i use that to kind of like buff out our game time as we went i don't know if you noticed yeah well yeah because they're because there are side missions and then there are like activities, but like, I think it, cause I, it's been so long since I played the game. Cause I beat the game in 2015, I think, or 20 something. I don't know, but it shows the activities as missions, right? Like as side yeah. missions. Yeah. So that's kind of weird. Cause there are legit side missions. Like they call them loyalty missions They're, as another parody of mass effect in mass effect two specifically and three as well. But you get these loyalty missions that make the characters stronger. Like the, it literally gives them an additional ability. It improves their survivability chance in combat and in story events. But this game as well, it, it gives them their superpowers. Otherwise, they're just random normal dudes. And then also changes their outfit, which most of them are references in and of themselves. Like there's a character named Pierce who is literally just Kung Lao. And there's a character named King who is literally just Morpheus from The Matrix. Kung Lao's from Mortal Kombat, obviously. Yeah, so with those superpowers, some things become a little redundant because this is built on the engine of Saints Row 3. This almost feels like a glorified DLC. Which is most people's knock on the game, is that it just should have been DLC, which, fair enough, I guess. So the game has tons of cars that you can get in and drive and customize. How much time do you think we spend driving around the city? Probably about five or six hours of our game time because of missions mandatory, like flying in helicopters. Yeah, but too. otherwise, we would just sprint because sprinting was faster than any vehicle you would have. You're literally like the Flash in this game. Yeah, it's very nice. You can upgrade yourself to where you're literally running and there's a tornado behind you just knocking, whirlwinding everything around, like pulling fence posts out of the ground and lifting up cars and throwing them. It's great. It is great, but this one point I really wanted to talk to you about and get your opinion on. I actually felt a little little hollow from this because I had a lot of enjoyment in Saint Row like two and three, playing them co-op, taking over the strongholds and the other gangs, expanding my Saints Empire, customizing my cars, upgrading my guns. And in this, there was almost no need. You were already super powered. You were just fighting one singular enemy, you know, the alien overlord. Through most yeah. of the game. There is a mechanic of conquering the entire area, but it's not through the way that the other Saints Row games were. It is through hacking the, whatever store is there. Like, you hack the stores in order to get more money that you can, you just passively get money, which is something that happens in their Saints Row games as well. Yeah. Not hacking the store, though, obviously, you buy the store instead. But 
that is how you clear out an area like you you do the activities in the area and then you buy the store and that little section of the map becomes purple and enemies don't spawn there naturally anymore unless they're chasing you because you have notoriety um another thing is i think this game suffered from uh what is it being dragged through the game by a stronger person syndrome what is that oh yeah that might have been it i was definitely getting carried by you so it was Philip's game, and I just joined him, and I imported my buff, maxed-out character who had maxed out everything. I, I did mostly everything in that game in, 20, in 2015, apparently. So whenever I joined his game, I had infinite ammo for all my guns. I had all the strongest guns. All of my guns were leveled up as far as they could, and all my abilities were maxed out. So I was just raffle stomping everything there were multiple points in the game early on like I, there's a gun called the black hole gun that literally just ragdolls everybody around and then explodes well there are multiple parts in the game where i prob i literally was the reason why we glitched out the game and i and we had to restart the mission and i would kill someone so fast that the game wouldn't register that he died like philip looked up we got stuck on this one mission with shandy where you have to kill what's his name destiny child or something veteran child veteran child yeah. yeah and um which is a character from santro one actually all that whole mission was a callback to santro one but we were killing him so fast that the game wouldn't register he died and spawn clones of him which is how the boss fight normally goes through well philip googled it and then there were other people with this exact same situation where they were like my co-op partner was killing him too fast just don't kill him in one shot just kill him in like eight or nine shots and so i was like okay i just won't shoot him then yeah we actually had quite a few game breaks then again with most of this gameplay feeling like someone took grand theft auto 4 and just added 500 mods to it (laughs) like that's a really good explanation i would not uh be that surprised i was never like that upset by the game being broken for us but this just feels like a modded out grand theft auto and that's why at first i was almost feeling negative about this game but after taking a moment to reflect on the first one, two, three Saints Rose, this is like the perfect capstone. Like as a single experience, if I just sat down to play this game without playing any others, I'd feel like, yeah, this game is like a generic action adventure shooter. Like there's nothing special here. But yeah, it's just another crackdown or prototype. Exactly. <clears throat> that's pretty much what up in the notes too. Uh, that's all it feels like. It's just another one of these kind of soulless collect the orbs, complete the missions, win the game, save the princess. Well, after you, if you look at it, these are still the characters that we bonded with through Saints Row 1 through 3. Like you have King, who was one of the bosses of the Rollers, I think, which was like the kind of like gold-themed enemies in the first game, who was yeah. like every character you had a history with. There was like one new character, I think, and that was Sid, the robot, and he was just funny, so he was okay to have him on the game. Yeah, he was horny for Shandy. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> he just kept making deals with you. I'm pretty sure that gets like fleshed out in like his loyalty mission. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't. If he has a loyalty mission, at some point you, he, that comes up again. There was a lot of moments I was waiting in anticipation to experience, and then we got to the end of the game, and I was just like, "Huh, I feel like I remembered this," and I would just keep remembering things as we were playing the last mission. And I'm just like, I think we just skipped a bunch of stuff, but that's okay, I guess. Which the loyalty missions, like you think like, oh, am I really going to bond that much with these characters that, you know, they're just gang members, you know? Yeah. But 
the one loyalty mission we did do, I actually remember quite well because it had a lot of good, it was a good time. The Matt Miller one. I think I did that one on my own actually without you. Yeah. We, cause we, the one we did together was Shondi's mission. Oh yeah, that was it. So Matt Miller, he was a leader or a lieutenant in Saintro three or two, one of those. Okay. He, they were a member of like the Tron themed gang where they're all yeah. techno-y and stuff. So they were pretty lame, but they had cool bikes. But anyways, you end up recruiting him to the squad. And Matt Miller himself is also lame. <laughs> yeah, he's very lame. But his mission is themed around uh, Nightblade, who is a vampire slayer, a reference to Blade, I'm yeah, assuming. Just regular Blade. <laughs> yeah. And his whole premise is that uh, with the Earth being destroyed, by the way, the Earth was destroyed. I don't know if we mentioned that. Yeah, the Earth got blowed up. No one owns Nightblade anymore because they're all dead. And so he started writing his own fan fiction inside the Matrix simulation you guys are in. By the way, we're in a Matrix simulation. I don't think we mentioned that either. (laughs) This whole game takes place inside of a big Matrix joke. Yeah, pretty much. And you just come out of the Matrix to go into your ship in a mass mass parody to go talk to your crew just to go back into the simulation. But anyways, you just go on this whole like fanfic adventure where Matt Miller's like, oh my gosh, it's Nightblade. And Nightblade is like, Matt Miller, it's so great to see you again. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, yeah, this sounds like something that he would write. Yeah. Great, great mission. Love it. And in the end, uh, it ends up getting corrupted by the evil overlord who notices that you guys are, you know, abusing a simulation by writing fanfiction in it. And he turns Nightblade evil. And then you and Matt Miller have to kill Nightblade. And then Matt is in tears and he's like, you're the Nightblade now. And that's when (laughs) Matt Miller becomes a super homie and all of a sudden grows like Power Ranger armor because he's, you know, a techno guy. Fantastic. Love it. Which uh, one character I really want to highlight, which is somebody I've been hyping up, is Zinyak. How did you feel about Zinyak? Which we, I, I, I was shocked to realize how little you really see him if you don't do the all the loyalty and stuff. Because there are multiple instances. I think I want to show you a YouTube video after you talk about it. But how did you feel right, about so Zinyak? I think that really was it. Because like, we, you don't see a lot of Zinyak in the main story. It, like if you're doing the main story, it's literally just him saying, you think you can stop me? And you're going and getting the gang back together. And the way he has the gang trapped is they have them in a simulation of their worst fears, which one point to highlight, whenever we first started the game, uh, your worst fear is complete normalcy or something like that. (laughs) You just get into, go into detail on that mission because the first five seconds of that mission, you went, you just started like belly laughing and you go, what is this? Like, what is this? All right. For context, the, the very first mission is you're the president of the United States and the whole world is under attack by aliens and your crew is being kidnapped and you fight your way to a giant cannon that you use to shoot down a spaceship that you then board and you try to fist fight an alien before you're captured and put into the simulation. So you go from this high octane battling to you wake up in a normal suburban bedroom. It is like a, I don't know, like fifties, like I don't know if you've seen WandaVision where they're like spiffing, spoofing. There's like older TV shows I've where it's like, it's like happy days and everything's in the fifties and like, your character wakes up. Yeah. And your wife is like, honey, you know, breakfast is ready. And you're like, outstanding. Golly gee. Yeah. You stand up 
and you instantly start like doing this weird goofy walk and i'm like what is happening because i didn't i didn't know this was a matrix spoof through you know like this whole one i'm like okay we're gonna be street gangs you know i thought that's what this was i played saints row one through three how different could it be i heard you get superpowers but whatever turns out this is nothing like the first three games and i'm like oh this is just a big joke you go downstairs and there's a quick time event for you to eat your pancakes and you just you you your hand goes like a whole foot above your head and then you scoop it up with your fork and then you shove it in your mouth it's like it's so stupid but of course, the co-op partner—they just put it wherever there. you're at, yeah. And so, <laughs> like, instantly, like puts, Halo One style, <laughs> yeah, it drops us into the, the the house, and we're about to go eat our pancakes. And me and Nave are both walking like we're singing a jaunty tune, yeah. and I'm like dressed the exact same. We each have our own like hairstyles. <laughs> we have that. like it's like a sweater vest with a tie, and then you have slacks on and dress shoes. <laughs> Perfect. And we both sit down at the table and we eat pancakes together. And it's like, oh, remember, this is like high school, Dove. <laughs> oh, my God. Of course, you realize that this is completely insane, and you break out of the simulation after that. Well, you but forgot you... about the quick time event. Your wife Which asked one? you to go get the paper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they're like, can you go get the paper, honey? You walk outside, and the paper's just on the ground. And all of a sudden, it's like, mash the R button. And like, there's a gauge that fills up, and you have to like, tap, 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 tap. And I just, like, I didn't mash it for a second. I just sat there. <laughs> but the thing is, is it takes like it literally takes like 10 seconds of mashing the button and your character's just standing there with his hand outreach towards the ma- newspaper and it's from the perspective of the paper like your point <laughs> of view of the paper and so you're just like reaching for the paper <laughs> it's just yeah. so dumb and see this is what i mean like this game almost did like a, a goof on itself like this is parody not just all these other games it's spoofing, but also Saintro as a series. Because, like, I bet they knew what people were expecting to come into. And then they come into this. This is like the double back around, which is a very ballsy move for a game developer to basically dunk on their own audience and be like, you thought you wanted this. That is an awesome <laughs> segue into z- my explanation of Zinyak this parody of Saintro, which is Zinyak is basically a skeptic of this entire game and series in its in itself. This character is very serious. He, he's the generic evil guy who's a genius and he has the British accent and he's smarter than you and he's into literature and Shakespeare and stuff like that. He's quoting Hamlet to you. Well, and your character is written as a dumbass. Like you are all you want to do is blow up and destroy shit and everyone around you is the only reason why you weren't the one who blew the world up, right? Yeah. Like they're the ones reining you in. Well, Zinyak is constantly just riffing on this series and on the characters and on the situations and and it's like you're going through a mission and you're like, "Yeah, this seems like a Saintro mission." And then you hear Zinyak talking and he's just just dissecting how stupid and futile and nonsensical everything you're doing is and it's but it's it's great and he he's like there are radio stations in this game which is awesome the awesome thing about those is that you just hear since you're in a simulation you can just play the radio station at any point so that way they can have that music because since you're running at 100 miles an hour you're never going to be in a car because they're way slower 
so that way they can make use of all the licensed music that they put into the game from the radio, which is just a thorough line through all the Sancho games. All of the games have a bunch of licensed music, kind of like Grand Theft Auto. Well, Usually a very banger soundtrack, too. Yeah, it's pretty nice. And um, there is a classical station, and the DJ of that classical station is Zinyak. And occasionally, whenever you tune into that station, he's just reading, like an audiobook. He's just reading literature to you. And he's just like, he's like, like pondering you know on the literature which is hilarious because he's an alien like but he's like a really big fan of human literature and like classical music and stuff like that but he's also a uh, fan of classic music not just classical music so i sent you a link to a youtube video i want you to watch it but it is a it is i think the loyalty mission of pierce but you're in a car like bonding with them and then some song the song comes on the radio and then slowly you start realize well i'll let you watch it first all right (laughs) (laughs) all right that was pretty good so for you listeners at home it is uh i don't know what the title song is uh you say he's just a friend he's like like, you you got what i need when you say he's just a friend (laughs) he's just singing like that which it's like a known thing. Like there's a couple missions in the other games too, where your character sings along with a radio, usually with a partner too. Like, I think it was like take on me with Saints Row three. It was yeah. like the go-to. It's like, again, that is just a, a callback to something that happens in the other games, but it just like flips it over. It's just like, look here, this is what, this is, is this what you wanted from your Saints Row game? You know what I mean? But it's like at the same time, Zinyak's whole MO is to just torment you like to torment the main character and all of the humans like just to make them as miserable as possible because they're resisting him you know what i mean so to ruin that moment with pierce you know because <laughs> it's like it's that was a moment of levity you know and to just ruin it well so what happened in the video what happened in that mission is that song is you got what i need or whatever whatever it's called i can't remember but um main character and pierce are both singing to the radio and then Zinyak starts singing through the radio also, and it just pisses them off, and they just turn the radio off. They're like, how is he in the radio? How is... The, well, damn it! You know, we just want to oh, enjoy this song. He controls the simulation. He's everywhere. Yeah, it's great. But that's something I think about all the time, especially when I hear that song, or like songs that sound like that song. I just think about Zinyak ruining that moment. Right, yeah, Zinyak, pretty good. So let's talk on some quick little kind of co-op, co-op quirks that happen to be in this game. Cool. We already I talked about killing things too fast and the black hole gun. There were so many moments with all the constant explosions where once again, it would just be like Quake, where it'd just be like, why, Nave? Because you would <laughs> fire off a black hole that would hit a guy half a block from me. And since you have a max upgraded, I would get sucked into the black hole too. <laughs> and so most firefights, it would result into me ragdolling around, <laughs> around the battlefield while you were just firing black holes everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, you know, this is it. This is fine. <laughs> at least he's. At least we're not losing. But yeah, I, you're just watching your character just tumble around from from black hole to black hole. Which the only way I could get you to be knocked over was if I did like a full three hit one two combo on you with my <laughs> fist. That's the only way I could ragdoll you. So like there would be moments where like the mission would just be chilling on like a rooftop, and I'd see you standing still, and I just run over and just be like. Poof, poof, poof. <laughs> 
<laughs> you start punching me in the face until I'm. And the, it, what the greatest thing is is that your character's super strong, so you get knocked back like twenty feet if you ever get knocked back by your co-op partner. It's awesome. Good times. Uh, yeah, but that's pretty much as far as most of the co-op mechanics go. You can pretty much get. I wouldn't say the same experience, but the same. Like there is like one difference. I see you put in the notes there. You want to highlight that one? Which one? Uh, the the clone mission. Oh yeah, it's not an. I don't think it's a difference. I think it happens if you're playing solo as well. But it is a call. It is a fourth wall break to the the series being co-op, where your character's being cloned, right? But it's not like you. It's like whenever. So the clone that's coming out, they go, "Oh no, it's the Saints Row One default protagonist. Look out!" You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's just a generic white guy, and you have to kill him, and then. Uh, two come out of the portal. And he's like, why are there two? And they're like, oh God, it's the co-op partner. <laughs> but it's just awesome. You know what I mean? Just It's yeah. so, those little those, fucking... The little jokes. Yeah. Which we definitely appreciate as a co-op gaming podcast to see that reference in the media. But one thing we talked about is this game was pretty much like kind of right off of Saint Row 3. I'm not sure how much development time they had, but it seems like they had so much time in the writing room this game is just crammed deep with so many dumb references or quirky jokes or just throwaway lines. Like every, there's a joke thrown at you every 30 seconds, at least from a passerby walk around the street, the radio, your main character saying, well, let's hope that never happens again. You know, yeah. <laughs> just like stuff like that. Just references to every, anything and everything. It's like almost everything that they said is on purpose to elicit a memory of something else. Like, what are they talking about? Chekhov's gun? They even mentioned. Yeah, that was a whole like, discussion. Yeah, and I was talking about it to Maddie and you, and I because they're like, he's like, wow, that was super easy. And they're like, no, you just jinxed us. And then the AI is like, uh, Chekhov's gun. If there was a line that you just said, there is a reason why later on. And it's like basically saying that the mission is gets harder later on, and it's because your main character said something like that but it's written that way it's like pointing out even just the the structure of the game itself because what Chekhov's gun is is basically it's like a play writer or something like that I can't remember but or maybe he's a, a critic of plays but he says if there is a gun above the fireplace in act one that gun must be used in act two otherwise why is it there you know what I mean it's yeah. something like that but it, it just like like I said references from anything and everything like the Zinyak's quoting Hamlet to you and your character obviously since he's a fucking bonehead doesn't understand what he's saying he's like whoever wrote that was a fucking idiot and then you guys it was Hamlet from William Shakespeare it, he's like yeah whatever <laughs> no it wasn't like whatever he said well I'm more of a Jane Austen fan and then like he like referenced Pride and Prejudice or something like that I don't it's <laughs> Or they're at the very end of the game, the guys, I don't, what did he say? He's like, you are this to my this. And then your main character goes, well, that's a stupid analogy because your character dies in the end. And he's like, I'm surprised you knew that. He's like, I didn't. Kinsey told me in my ear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's like, well, at least you're honest. He said, uh, he's like, I'm the Tybalt to your Romeo. Yeah. Something like that. (laughs) But it's something like that. He did say Tybalt though, because when I heard that name, I was like, that's a Magic of the Gathering character. A bad one. Hmm, good, good. All right, uh, I think it's time. Do you Anything you want to hit on before we take a break and then hit our final points? Mm, no, I don't think so. All right, then let's take a break. 
And we're back. All right, we're on our final reviews and stuff. Philip, do you want to go first? Yes, I would like to go first because I got something to say about this game, Saints Row number the four. At first, I was playing this game. I was feeling very negative. I'm like, man, this isn't my Saints Row. Hashtag not my Saints Row. Where's the strongholds? Where's the lieutenant killing? Half of these activities, you don't even really need to do them. In the old games, it was a struggle from being just a level level two street thug to become a level 99 boss. And right now, I'm a level 7,000 boss right out the gate, punching aliens in half, suplexing them. Uh, was it? Stone yeah. Cold Stunner. Yeah, giving the Stone Cold Stunner, like full-on wrestle moves, which if you wanted those moves in the other games, you had to go to the fighting arena to unlock them through the fight, different fighting styles. But in this, it didn't even matter. It was just here and i'm like go for it what's up that is interesting because you ever have like a weird dissonance like whenever you play mass effect 1 2 and 3 it's like you beat mass effect 1 you're like a badass and then when you start mass effect 2 you're a weakling again you know what i mean like isn't that interesting that saints row from 3 to 4 you are already the super badass that you were when you ended 3 that kind of makes sense it makes sense but that's not the literary or the narrative that i want to follow but that was just i understand this is where they flipped me, though, because it wasn't until we completed the whole game and I thought about it, I dissected a little bit, do some little game digestion, wrote the notes, and then we talked through this, talked through the, the pod about it. But I'm actually back on the other side. Like, I actually really enjoyed this. Like, it's kind of bad that you have to finish the game for you to actually enjoy it, though. Like, I feel like I would have fun, like, all the way through Saints 2 and 3, not 1. One's bad, but Saints two and three, like I'm like, yeah, this is this is a good game. We're having fun. We're driving cars. I'm customizing my character, customizing my cars. I'm leveling up my guns. This is cool. Well, in this, I was like, yeah, I'm leveling up. Does it matter? Like you know, like I can already beat every mission with base stats. Oh, we're doing an activity to earn money. Does the money matter? My my guns are strong enough. Plus, Nave's carrying me, so it doesn't matter that much. And I'm like, oh, I really enjoy kind of seeing these characters again because you are in very close contact with them. Like in the other games, you would have to go back to the hideouts to see these characters, like your crew members. Whereas this one, they are with you like every mission, no matter what. It's never like, hey, play it, go do this. It's like, hey, man, me and you are going to go do this. You know what I just fucking realized? What? The biggest thing about this game in co-op is that you are two just completely autonomous people in the map. Oh, we didn't talk I'll, about that part. We, I know. I'm. I, that's why I was like, I. Of course, it's an audio podcast, so you didn't see me. But I literally went, ah, oh, just like I put it in the notes. My arms up in the air. Did we? Yeah, I put it right at um, under key co-op mechanic. I put both players can get completion through co-op. So it's like you're fully so completing your own game. It. Okay. Yeah. But that, so. Let me fin- let me finish my yeah, final, and then we'll go into it. So this game definitely won me back over after I had already completed it, which isn't a good time for a game to win you over, but it got me. I would recommend this game to any Saints Row fan. If you're not a Saints Row fan, you're probably not going to do anything for you. But go out there, get a friend that's also played Saints Row, and have some fun. Unless just chill. Maybe- if you've never played Prototype or Crackdown or any game in that vein, maybe because you wouldn't have any bases, because maybe you would just enjoy the 
just the, the experience freedom. of jumping because yeah. you are literally jumping 50 stories high when you jump you know and you can glide for like 20 city blocks through the air like it's the superhero experience is there and if you want a kind of sandbox experience of that like just slowly passively grinding towards becoming super superman then maybe you want that i don't know which uh one thing i did want to highlight too is the final scene last time we get to see our characters is they are in a dance club all just having a good <laughs> a good dance you know just hanging out having a good time uh i don't remember what song they were dancing to oh it was outcast right no, Outcast was the the end credits. Okay. Oh man, I don't remember what song it was, but it was a bop. It was like an '80s bop, yeah. Yeah. Club hit. And so it was like you're like say goodbye to everyone in your last little little hoorah. So do you want to go into this co-op mechanic that is pretty revolutionary? I feel, or do you want to hit your final review? I I'll interweave them, I guess, because that's that's so integral to the experience where you can be at one. You can be at the northernmost part of the map getting collectibles, and I can be at the southernmost map conquering a tower. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. Did you do a single tower in your playthrough? No, I don't think so. So there, there are towers that you have to platform up to the top, and then use them to Assassin's Creed parody, like reveal the map around around you. Which the the joke is is that they are literally like three miles up in the sky like like you're so high up that you wouldn't even be able to see what the map is revealing that's the joke but philip didn't do a single one because i started out maxed out so i just went around and just in between missions i would just fly to those towers and then jump up them super easily because they're not designed for someone who has max jump height and i would just clear them just so that philip had like the whole map cleared which, in hindsight, it contributed to your negative perspective of the game at the beginning. <laughs> that I was just Maybe. doing everything, you know what I mean, while you were, like, exploring. But, um, yeah, like, uh, oh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so we basically had our own agendas. And, at, and every time I would clear a tower or do anything, it would be, like, six out of six towers done. Like, it would be my progress. I would be progressing for me and him. Like, if I found a uh <clears throat> if i found a cluster which is the main collectible of the game there are like a hunt like two like 1200 clusters around the whole map and that's what they give you points towards leveling up your powers if i found a cluster and i already had the cluster i wouldn't get a cluster but philip would get a cluster but yeah. if i found a cluster that was both of ours we would both get clusters and that'd be it in that it's like that for every single collectible for every single side mission and everything like if we decided to do mayhem which is the second best in my opinion the second best uh side uh, activity which you just basically blow things up and every little thing that you destroy you get a multiplier and you just get money racked up like how much damage you did that's how much money you get well uh, we could do mayhem, and if I got bronze on that, because there are tiers for how much money you get. If I got bronze on that originally, and then we did it together, and I got go we both got gold, then I would have gold now. We would have the same score, and that's awesome. And there were even some activities like clearing out little uh, little hideouts. You can go clear out little 
it's not like a hideout. It's like a little spire with enemies standing around it. But you can go clear one of those. Or you can do a thing where, like, the game glitches out and a bunch of cowboys show up. And they're trying to kill you. And you have to kill off 12 waves of them or something. You can start those. And I would see it being progressed on my screen. Kind of like an MMO. And But I would be like, ah, I don't want to do that. I'm actually just going to go collect collectibles. If that's fine. And Phil would be like, ah, oh, that's fine. I'll, I'll survive. You know what I mean? It's so... And it, it's also so integrated that Philip was constantly talking about being back in the spaceship in the real world. I Every single time I spawned there, I immediately went back into the simulation and just started collecting collectibles while Philip was w- walking around talking to his t- crewmates. Because I, I didn't need to be there. And it was totally valid for me to do that. Like, the, it, we didn't need to be in the same instance uh, of, the, of the game, which was also really fucking cool. It reminds me a little bit of Divinity 2, which is on the list. You know, where, like, when you play in co-op, you can be in totally separate parts of the map, and, like, it'd be fine. Um, As far as the game itself, I'm sure you can tell just by the way that I glow about the game. I I absolutely adore this game. It's the, The humor doesn't exactly strike me the same way as it did the first time when I was, like, six years younger. You know, I was I was a teenager six years ago, wasn't I? Oh, no, I wasn't. I'm 28 now. Anyway, it, it didn't strike me exactly the same way. It's, but, you know, whenever you get used to the jokes, whenever you know they're coming, you know, they hardly ever strike you the same way anyway. So I'm not sure if that has anything to do with it. But a lot of people talk about this game as being like a glorified DLC. And I'm just saying, like, I don't understand why that's such a problem. Far Cry, the Far Cry series developers, they do this every year. Like, they make Far Cry 3, and then Far Cry Blood Dragon, and then Far Cry 4, and then Far Cry Primal, and then Far Cry 5, and Far Cry, uh, the, Far Cry, uh, pink and purple paint. I don't remember what it's called. But it's, it's the exact same thing, and nobody really complains about that. And it's, and this is, like, really the first Sancho that's like that. You mentioned before that, it seemed like the developers had so much time in the writing room to just make this game so jam-packed and dense with all of these references and inside jokes and stuff like that. Oh, and yeah. It, it has, a lot of it has to be because the game's map is the exact same map from Saints Row 3. Saints Row 3, they didn't have to develop a whole new world or anything. It's literally the same map with a few extra little towers and stuff sprinkled around, but they had that much more time to flesh out the characters and the jokes and the scenarios and the situations you find yourself in, which was the same thing from Saints Row 1 and 2. They had the same map, so which is why Saints Row 2 is so much better than Saints Row 1. If you are looking for a superhero experience where you can kind of passively grind this is an awesome chance to do something like that. This game is constantly on sale. Usually it's on sale with its DLC, Gat Out of Hell, which is basically the same game, but you're in hell. But And, <laughs> and you're playing as Perfect. the character Johnny Gat, which is one of the main protagonists of the whole series. It's a real shame that Johnny Gat's not going to be in the reboot, which we didn't even get to really talk about. But um, Saints Row 4, you can, even if you think that the uh, the jokes are are terrible and the humor is bad it's a game that you can mute and turn on a podcast or a youtube video you can listen to some true crime you can listen to a documentary you can listen to anything and just passively play this game which is what i did at the end which is why my character was so buff at the end i just would li- this would be the game that i would come home unwind for about an hour just collect some stuff get a little completion extra because every time you go to save it shows you your percentage it's like 
sweet. I went from 87% to 91% just in this one sitting. That's awesome. If you're into that kind of OCD playing, then that's uh, this is a pretty simple and easy game to do that with. Um, and uh, one more thing. There's a lot of customization that we didn't really get to hit on. Our characters looked completely different. My character was butt-ass naked the whole time. And of course you have a sensor bar on your ass and your ass and your balls. So <laughs> that you're not like actually naked. But I would see my character in cutscenes. And I had a George W. Bush bobblehead on my head. And a, pe and a, and a hook arm. And just sneakers. And a, but otherwise I was just butt-ass naked. And... I looked horrible. Like <laughs> everyone <laughs> hated the way I looked, but it just made my character so much more lovable for me. Like when I showed it to Maddie, Maddie was like, "That is terrible. Can I make your character?" I'm like, "No. This is what I look like." And then, but Philip, what did your character look like? Because it was also very dumb. We had the proclivity to make our characters look very dumb. Well, my first thought was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna make like I already know you're gonna be a superhero in this game. Like big Dragon Ball fan. I'm gonna totally make like a Super Saiyan." But there was no good Saiyan hairstyles. So I'm like, well, I, I just want to make a manly man. So then I'm like, oh, I'll just make Jojo. But then like, you, there's like no real customization after kind of like, like your body type. You're always a buff dude if you're a dude. Like, so yeah. I'm like, there's literally nothing to do this. There's, I just went with the, um, the extra large Elvis pompadour <laughs> hair. And so my guy ended up just looking like a tunnel snake. And yeah. And, like he had like jiggle physics on his little hair thing so he had like his very pointy chin and <laughs> this weird bobblehead thing on top of his hair that was my whole character oh and then i ended up being a pirate because i was like whoa look at these clothes and so the next <laughs> thing you know i'm wearing like a uh peg a leg. very yeah peg leg and a very deep cut v puppy collar <laughs> shirt with a peg leg and yeah that was my character and the best thing is, is that you see your character in the cutscenes, and sometimes it's just, it just ruin it. Like it's the infamous, you know, like Skyrim and Oblivion, or not Oblivion, like Skyrim and Fallout and stuff. If your character looks really stupid, which some people do, just it's just fun. You like to break it, then might as well. But uh, it it makes the cutscenes just that much more jovial. And um, and one little weird glitch I had, which is exclusive to co-op, is. If your characters have like Philip, you chose a different voice, yeah. and so we both had different voices. But in your game, you never heard my voice, right? No. Not but at all. in my game, I would hear like sixty percent your voice, forty percent my voice. It like alternated strangely. I was like, so it. I would hear, and I every almost every time, I'm like, who the fuck said that? And I'm like, oh, it's Philip's <laughs> character. That's kind of weird because I have like the deep voice. Like I think I have like yeah. the default protagonist voice. And I then took you the have, young guy voice. Yeah, so and you're and I think you had different dialogue too. Like you would say different things and I just I'd be like, "Huh. That's weird. I didn't expect that." This to be like I think your character would have different inflections at least, you know what I mean? Yeah. Other than that, I can't think. I don't think we missed too much else besides all the glitches and stuff that just kind of it added to the GTA with 400 mods idea, which is brilliant. That's I didn't even think about that. That's exactly what Grant what uh, Sanchez feels like. It's just GTA with a bunch of mods. Well, after playing this, I am very excited for the new reboot. Originally, I was like, ah, eh, Saints Row, whatever. But now I'm thinking I'm actually going to look out for it. Like, I assume they're going to try to, like, once again, follow Grand Theft Auto. I hope they don't follow too close. Yeah, we'll they're see. going back to the uh, gang territory takeover kind of thing. And they had, like, a 
they have like a synopsis i think i don't know like on their website or something i don't remember where i heard this from but it was like they're trying to the fight back against the the corporations uh kill like take over the enemy gang territory and pay off their student loans and if that tells you anything about what the humor is going to be like in this game, which I just at the beginning of this episode just railed against, like I like it's just like not my not my sense of humor. I'm just becoming an old man. That's out of yeah, touch. It sounds like central kind of for a new generation then. Yeah, which I mean, that's fine. But I'm sure if, if they could just at least recreate the absurdity of the sandbox, because gameplay is king in games like this, I think. And if they can remake the absurdity of the sandbox, it doesn't have to be like literally turning up to 17 like Sancho 4 does. Because Sancho 3 is turned up to 11, Sancho 4 is like you're breaking the knob and it's flipping around to the other side, right? <laughs> Pretty much. But they don't have to do that as long as it's like funny in, in like a sandbox way. I don't care if the game narratively just falls flat for me. Because I can always, mute, again, just mute the game and play a podcast over it. Because there is something good about these checklist games where you're just sw- watching your territory just expand. Like in uh, Just Cause. You know those games where you liberate and slowly take over the islands? You know, I was thinking of Sunset Overdrive, where it's just like, oh, you just got to grind all the rails and everything. Sunset Overdrive was fucking sweet. You can see a lot of Sunset Overdrive in uh, the new Spider-Man game. Like, every single Insomniac game just feels like it just builds off of each other, like, mechanics-wise. It's really cool. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one thing we kind of missed in this overall review is uh, in the earlier games, just, it was all about the sandbox play. Like, this game, I feel like I almost didn't have it. Maybe we're too old to see the joy in gaming anymore. I hope not. But in the other games, it really just came to, like, hey, man, meet me at the airport. And be like, all right, bro. And then you'd run down to the airport real quick just so I can get into an airplane and take off. And by the time I see you like drive a motorcycle out onto the flight line, I would just crash my hair <laughs> like right into you. Be like, well, gotcha. I, think, I think a lot of that came from the ragdoll and the OP nature of our characters because I was definitely hitting you on purpose sometimes with the black hole gun. Oh, I know. Like I would see you and go, bah, and just shoot you. And you just be like, why, Nave? <laughs> but I, the, my favorite part was we would start a mission, and then I would see your character like take a step closer to me, and I'd see your gun disappear from your hands, and then a fist flying <laughs> into my face, and yeah. you'd knock me over and just start running off, and I'd just be like, you mother... Which is great, because Maddie was sitting around when you finally got the black hole gun, and Maddie was like, why the hell is he shooting you with that over and over again? And I'm just like, he's had to suffer with this for the whole game, and he's finally getting his revenge. Because the black hole gun, like you said, was one of the only things that would knock me over. So Because yeah, I had much. the, I had in, I was impervious to explosions and impervious to cars hitting me and stuff. Like, I couldn't get knocked over by that. But for some reason, the black hole gun would yank me off my feet. And I'd ra- the best thing, too, is that once you got close to the black hole, it would do the thing where it stretches you out and pulls, like, whatever part of your body <laughs> into the, the middle. And it just looks so funny and buggy and glitchy, like, just like a mod would look. All right, well, hopefully, maybe one day we can revisit the Sanctuary universe in the new Saintro, or maybe we'll go back to Saintro 2 and 3, just as like a, a full retro. Yeah, we. I, it seems like pretty easy to get a Saintro 3 episode with a guest, because a lot of people seem to have a lot of fond memories of 3. Definitely. All right, so once again, this is where we would read any comments or emails from you, the co-op listener at home. But we don't got nothing. 
So please email in at gamingtogetherpod at gmail.com or tweet at us. Nave is a very active tweeter. Yeah, unfortunately. So, Nave, what do you want to do for next week? Next week, um, let me see. I know we're looking to bring some new guests on uh, at some point. I think we're trying to get them scheduled in for next week. Uh, why don't you talk about talk about your game? And I'm going to look through our list because I forgot about this part, so I didn't write anything. Uh, the game I wrote in is The Ascent because we booted up, I think, like a month ago, maybe longer. And I was like, dang, this game looks really good. <laughs> like, I actually just want to play this game. And I've been holding off, but I've had it just installed on the hard drive. And I scroll past it every time, and I'm like, there's The Ascent again. Really want to play that one. Um. As far as okay, so I've got a couple. Um, as far as getting more guests on, I think we can. I can talk to my friend Aaron about playing Gears of War Four together. That'd be because a good one. That that is a game that we need to get to because I want to play Gears of War Five, but I still haven't. I need to get Aaron for that too. So I'm, I would rather play Gears of War Four together with Aaron so that we could all do a podcast on it. Which me and Aaron, I think, played through four together, anyways. So, but um. Another game I, is the game I just mentioned earlier, uh, Divinity 2. Divinity 2 seems like some really good RPG fun. I don't know if it's on Game Pass. I might have to buy that game for you, but it, that game goes on sale anyways. If it's I not, mean, it is my birthday next month. Well, I mean, yeah, there we go. I can get you a couple of these games that I really fucking want to play. Which, uh, speaking of that, Resident Evil 6, that is on your hard drive too. We... It, very fucking funny game like that people tend to really dislike in their series like resident evil 6 is the saints row 4 of its series you know what i mean where people look at resident evil 5 which is the same fucking thing really which is a complete departure from the resident evil series but it's a fun co-op game and then for some reason they look at 6 and go this game's trash because it doesn't live up to the resident evil name it but it's wow. like it's a dip it's the same it's a departure from the series that is a great co-op game, but for some reason people look at five and go, ah, memories. But then they look at six and they go, that's awful, terrible, fucking awful game. You know, I'm like, okay, well. I feel like they said the same thing about five when it came out, though. Uh, well, I can't remember because I didn't play five when it came out. I played it way later with you guys. Like you, I think it was you and Steven that were like, you haven't played this? Let's fucking buy it and let's fucking play online and. Then we were punching boulders, you know what I mean? Yeah. And having a good time. But yeah, that would be a pretty awesome game to play as well. All right. Also, for you listeners at home, Nave is actually my sugar daddy and buys games for me whenever I am too cheap to buy them for myself. And he really wants to play them. Yeah. Well, that's got to, if, if I really want to play, that that's where, that's my money where my mouth is about wanting to play games. I really want to play Resident Evil 6. Also, these games go on sale, and I'm I'm keeping my eye out. You know, like I because I bought Sancho 4 for you. I think I spent four bucks on it. it it's like, oh no, I don't get to eat two McDoubles on at lunch one time. But it's not even like I'm like short for money. So, but that's how in my head I rationalize. It. I'm like, that's two less McDoubles from this time. <laughs> but it'll be okay. But I don't know. Maybe Monster Hunter World. The Ascent is a good pick as well. So. But well, I feel like it's newer, and I'd like to hit on something that was made in this last ten years. Uh, <laughs> was it this decade? That's it. Something that was made in this decade because I feel like we, in, we keep hitting old first games. Year of the decade. 
something in this oh, decade. We, wait, because we were wanting to do an old game. Yeah, we wait did. We did Quake. And then after that, we were like, let's do Saints Row, a game that came out nine years ago. Yeah. We did Overcooked, though. Overcooked's very recent. Yeah, but they are, they're they coming out with a new one already. Overcooked Full Course or something like that? No, that's or, just the first two games together. Oh, is it? The All okay. You Can Eat? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's it. It's just the first okay. two games together. All right. Well, we need to wrap this up. We're rambling. Anyway. Uh, so thanks for joining us, gang co-op members. Maybe we can go kill some Matrix simulation monsters next time. I don't know what to say with that one. Uh, slap. Uh, bye bye. <laughs> yeah, like and subscribe. Bye.